Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. As you set out to achieve your bold goals, it's never easy, but I can tell you when you use your network and have collaborations in achieving your goals, it's so much more fun. I'm so excited to have my guest today, Erica Kastner. She has helped business owners and personal brands expand their reach and online presence. She's the founder of Kastner Consulting, specializing in helping online entrepreneurs find, connect, and convert prospects into clients. She is also the host of Voices of Impact, a podcast, and she recently became an Ironman, which is a huge, bold goal. But she is a master connector, and we're going to talk all things goals today, as well as how to leverage your network to help you not only achieve those goals, but celebrate those goals. Erica, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Yay, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I know we've been wanting to do this for a while, so I'm stoked that we get to do it today. Yeah. And you were one of my inspirations in starting a podcast. I don't know if you know that, but I was (laughs) Yeah, I was on your show. I don't know. It must have been a year or two ago now. And I just have always loved your energy, your inspiration. But that show really got me thinking about starting a podcast. So I wanted to share that with you because sometimes you Uh never know how you inspire others. Well, I appreciate that. And you were so great because I think it was you and Nicole King Smith that we had on the show, right? It was it was a it yeah. was a dual podcast and you ladies rocked the episode and it was pure fire. And we have been friends ever since. So I'm excited that we get to dive into some of these principles on your podcast today. Yeah. And it's always great to see what you're out there doing in life. So I actually want to start off with your personal goal that you just became an Ironman. Tell me a little bit about that. How did that become a goal? And then how did you crush that? And what is an Ironman for those of you listening who don't know what that is? We'll start with the latter part of that question. So an Ironman is a triathlon, a massive triathlon. It starts with a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, followed by a full marathon, a 26.2 mile run. In my case, it was a walk, but um, my husband and I, we have been kind of half-hearted fitness junkies since we were married in 2013, but we really didn't start getting serious about anything crazy, meaning endurance sports until 2018 when we did our first marathon. And then when 2019 came along, it was like, we need a new goal, like marathons. We've been there, done that, but what do we need to conquer next? And we started with the thought process of learning how to swim. Neither one of us knew how to swim in 2019. And so we thought, well, we'll just do this, like this baby sprint triathlon. We'll at least learn how to swim and we'll conquer that. 
Well, I failed at that goal. I didn't actually, I got rescued from the water because it was an open (laughs) water and there was crazy waves and I got overwhelmed by the whole thing. And so I was like, that can't be how my triathlon journey ends. I need to like redeem myself. And so we found some people that actually knew what the hell they were doing in open water swim. And I'm like, sweet, I'm going to go learn from them. But they happen to be like Ironman people. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's not for me until they like convinced (laughs) me. And they said, you know, with enough practice and enough training, you could probably do it. So I did, I set out, my husband felt the same way. And so in 2020, three weeks before the world shut down, we had signed up for our first Ironman event, thinking we were going to do it in September, 2020. Well, we all know how that shook down. It didn't happen, but we were able Mm -hmm. to train for another year. And we finally made that happen in 2021. I love it. And you know, this really ties to our topic today about collaborations Mm -hmm. because you actually sought out somebody else to help you achieve your goal and beyond maybe even the goal you even set out to achieve. So I love that. Mm, So tell me a little bit about what you do now. You talk a lot about collaborations and using your network. What do you do in your business? So predominantly what I do is I work with people that are wanting to establish some sort of personal brand awareness online with their online business, their course, maybe they have a podcast or a blog and they're wanting to garner some additional attention on those platforms and those programs and services. And so I started in the biz development space over two decades ago, I was working for companies like Longcomb Cosmetics, Hertz Corporation, Remax, uh, Victoria's Secret. And so I had a lot of experience with working with brands to help them accelerate in sales, but I didn't really start seeing and connecting the dots with how important it is to start building relationships and leveraging the power of their network and who they know to start increasing sales until about 20, I would say 2012 was when I really started diving into those principles, left the organization I was with at the time in 2015 to start my own organization to help brands do that and find out their strategic alliances, figure out who is already talking and marketing to the people they want to get in front of and how can they leverage their superpowers to help each other's audiences with their programs and services. I love it. And so on this podcast, we talk all things goals and many times those things are not easy and they come with lots of hurdles and all this stuff. And so when somebody is setting that bold goal and they're looking to get started, what advice do you have for them that will help jumpstart their ability to achieve that goal? Well, the number one thing you got to consider when we're setting goals is not how can I do this? It's who can help me. And Mm -hmm. so I know for a long time that with that energy of saying, I need to do this, I need to do this. I need to be the best. It was so combative to all the energy and all the strain that I was putting myself in. And it wasn't giving me the results that I ultimately wanted. I mean, I might've achieved them in some respect, but it was a lot of strain and it was a lot of struggle to make it happen by myself. When I made that shift, like I said, in about 2012 and started thinking about, well, Who do I already know in my circle of influence that can support me with either a sales goal or if we're not even talking about sales goals, if you want to talk about about it from the the Ironman situation, I knew that I didn't know what the heck I was doing in terms of athleticism. I was never this athlete um, until I became one, right? But I had to have somebody pull me through that process in a way, uh, number one, show me the ropes. Number two, give me that encouragement. And number three, I was also accountable to somebody else in the process. So think of anybody that's starting out with any goal, whether it's a personal goal, 
professional goal, a fitness goal, find that person or that team of people that's going to allow you to glean best practices, get that encouragement and that support, and then tap into their accountability. I mean, when you know somebody is waiting for you on the other side of, I, I, I do trainings like outside of my business. I do Ironman training sometimes at 4.30 in the morning because in the Florida sun, Ooh. it gets hot in the summer. So <laughs> does anybody want to get up and like go ride their bike for a hundred miles at 4.30 in the morning? No, no, but I know that I have team members that are waiting for me and they know that I'm going to be waiting for them. So it's that accountability piece that's super huge in this process. You know, I love that statement. I was not an athlete until I became one. And I think <laughs> so often in a lot of the goals that people set, you know, they want to become a business owner. They want to be an author. They want to be a podcaster. They want to be a homeowner. You know, they never were that until they became one. And it's the people who help them along the way that have already overcome that journey. And I think that's really cool because you were learning from an athlete, but at some point that person probably wasn't an athlete either. Yeah. Yeah. And they believed in my ability to become one. Right. Yeah. And, and, and actually they didn't even treat me like I wasn't one. That was the, the other key takeaway that I learned in that process. And even in my biggest business acumen too, just learning from people that were going to shape and mold how I showed up as a business leader. They were once where I was, and I wanted to learn and aspire to be them, but they didn't, the people that I surrounded myself with didn't treat me as a less than they just said, Oh, this is a person that's, that's a few years behind and we need to show them the ropes. And so there's a lot mm -hmm. of value in that when you can surround yourself with that kind of energy. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know who said this quote, but I always think of this quote when I think about collaborations and it basically goes something like your true leadership is not in what you do as a leader, but it's in who you bring along on the journey and then who you let shine and let them lead. And so it's really the leadership journey going from being a leader, accomplishing something, and then letting others lead the way. And I think that's really similar to the goal journey, because it's not about just achieving your goal. It's about then helping others achieve their goal. And that's really the power of collaboration. Yeah, for sure. And when we're talking about it in the business context, I mean, what you shared earlier with me in terms of that opening statement with you being inspired to start your podcast by being on mine, I, you're kicking ass and taking names on this podcast, girlfriend. So uh -huh. I'm so lit up when I see people, but, and I didn't know that prior to jumping on here. I mean, I, I've known you and I've assumed that you were involved with podcasting even before we met. And so when I hear that, and then I see that being demonstrated, it lights me up because they're, you're doing something with the information. It's not like you're just being a student and mm -hmm. saying, okay, I'll get to it one day. You're actually applying those lessons and you're trying it and you're willing to fail and willing to, um, risk a lot of things to, to see it through. But on the other side of it, you're, you're gaining insight, you're gaining success in the process yeah. as well. Yeah. I love it. So we know that there's power in collaborations, having mentors, having a network and engaging your network. How would one go about doing that? What do you suggest people do to really first find their network? So I think it does. I don't think I know this about what in the context of networking, it all boils down to what your ultimate goal is. So if we're thinking about professional networking, so you've got a business goal, maybe you're wanting to join some associations, we got to start thinking about not just like-minded, 
I, I love the like-minded mantra, I guess, <laughs> but I'm more interested in being thoughtful about who is in that room. That's going to logically make sense to form some sort of infinite infinity partnership with. So when you think about who that person is, so think about your business goals, for instance, if you have a business goal and an aspiration to serve a particular market, are you putting yourself in the room of people mm-hmm. that are naturally talking to your target market? That could be a good start. Um, perhaps maybe it's not necessarily joining a chamber of commerce. That might be a good place to start if you're new to networking, but are there some targeted groups that are specific to your niche? And then uh, I know right now, as Sarah and I are recording this, it's in the spring of 2022. And sometimes those networking in-person networking events are, are a little you know, fewer than they were in the spring of 2020. But if you can find groups, there's plenty of digital groups online. If you can start thinking about who's already talking or marketing to your ideal customer, start building some conversations, not to sell them and not to sell their customers, but just mm-hmm. to find out what are their areas of focus and how can you support them in your goals? Those two questions alone, if you just made it a point and this is a challenge for your listeners today, Sarah, if we, if you just made it a point to say, who do I have in my existing network or who do I need to know in my, that I need to invite in my network? If I just make it a point to reach out to one person today and ask, what are you working on and how can I support you? You will be amazed at what kind of feedback comes back and how you can in, start conversations and other collaborative opportunities by just asking those two questions, making it a point to ask those two questions to one person today. Yeah, I have this as a note that I was going to mention that you do a fabulous job of always asking, how can I support you? And I think that's one of the things we've all been to those networking events where we leave with a stack of business cards and we're like, circular file, never doing anything (laughs) with that. Or, I mean, I had the, I had the experience because I had the title of an operations person, a director that everybody after the networking event, they would, they think I needed my carpet cleaned or Mm. my copier service. And I've even had that in my business. I'm, I'm in my home and people will message me and say, we'd love to clean your carpet. And I'm like, come on over like it, but it's really about connecting authentically. So how do you do that in a way where you're not coming off as the person always trying to sell your idea or your product or whatever you're working on and make those connections more authentically, especially if they're not already in your network? So it's going to sound counterintuitive when I say this, but it's to never assume that that other person needs or wants your product or service, like period, the effing end. Like do not assume that that person on the other side of your engagement conversation needs anything that you have to offer. Because when you come from that place, it is a very lack place. Number one, it's a very like, oh my gosh, like I have to like breathe fire on this person for the Mm -hmm. next five minutes and capture their attention to get a lead or to get whatever it is that you're trying to get. So if we can just get into the place of saying, you know what, this person doesn't need anything from me, but I want to know what they're about because there could be somebody in my circle of influence that needs what they need or that they're Mm -hmm. offering. And so from there, it's like, okay, if you've allowed somebody to share what they're working on, what they're about, how you can support them. And maybe it's too premature to ask the, how you can support them question, because you really don't know how you could support that person in the first introduction of that person. But if you could just say, Hey, what is it that you're working on? 
And I, I'm just curious because there could be somebody in my network or there could be an opportunity where I could make an introduction at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, that person is eventually going to come back and circle back to you and say, okay, well, Sarah, what is it that you do? And so then from there, you can have that dialogue, but don't assume that what that person, that the person you're engaging with needs the thing that you offer. That's the first piece of advice. And then second of all, don't treat everybody as that one, the only time you're going to ever talk to them. Like, you know, like, like, I think people have this, like, this is the last time I'm going to talk to them. And I need to get everything out. And if you just chill and then understand that, that referrals and sales are usually a five to 12 touch process, mm-hmm. you can chill out <laughs> and just yeah. be, you know, just be part of the conversation and the ecosystem of what comes next. Yeah. I, I really, I think there's a lot of value in what you just said is that we assume that they don't need anything. And, and I think that that question of how can I support you, you may be surprised because there have been many times where I'm talking to someone, I'm like, I don't, your business, what you do, your interests totally different. And then when I ask, like, is there any way that I can support you or how can I support you? Sometimes something comes out of left field. I'll mm-hmm. use an example where somebody said, yes, actually, I'm thinking about starting my business. And they were working for a company. And I'm like, oh, really? And they're like, yeah, but my company doesn't know. Or I've had people say, yeah, you could actually support me because I'm thinking about starting a nonprofit and you know a lot about that. And so you may and uncover something that they outwardly aren't putting out just in the normal, what do you do conversation at a networking event? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the whole point of a networking event is really not to go out there and try to collect a bunch of business cards. If we're talking about it in the professional, like in the in-person context, even in these online things, and I'm sure you've been to plenty online networking, quote unquote, networking events, CR2, but um, it's not, the whole point isn't to necessarily just like collect a bunch of names. It's really to say, okay, who are the three to five people that I can impact for a short sprint? And then is there something in this conversation that is beneficial to both of us to continue it? Not worthy, but is it beneficial for both of us to continue it? And if there's something I can add value to and help support them in some aspect, cool. If not, then maybe our paths will cross at another time, but it's not meant for you to go out there and you know try to be friends with the 25 people that you run into. Yeah. And I think oftentimes one of the missed opportunities is connecting others. Mm, Oh my gosh. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like I've been at events where somebody is like, oh, I want to write a book. And then in walks in a publisher. It's like, all right, let me connect you two. And I think beyond that event, there's opportunity as well. So sometimes just knowing who you have in your network and how you can connect others is is key. So once somebody's identified their network and they have some people that possibly they could collaborate with, collaborate on certain things, what are your tips for creating meaningful collaborations? Well, in this digital age, it has never been easier to maintain some of these more fruitful or meaningful collaborative partnerships. So beyond just the typical, well, maybe we can exchange referrals. 
I think there's a lot of really cool opportunities to exchange or to create co-create, not exchange, but to co-create content. And so one of the things that I've been jamming on is literally, and, and obviously you recently started this era, but the power of getting behind the podcast microphone, it is such an intimate space. It is one of these things that you can really jam out with somebody, have an in-depth conversation about a topic that's important to them. And that's relevant to perhaps your audience. Now, for our listeners today who are like, that's awesome, Erica. I don't have a freaking podcast. What do I do with that? Well, that's cool. You can actually be a guest like I am on Sarah's show today and find those people within your network. Start with people that are in your existing network. And if you're looking for those types of co-creation opportunities, maybe they don't have a podcaster in their network, but do they have a blogger that would be willing Mm -hmm. to submit uh, that accept guest submissions? Or maybe they know a columnist or somebody that can also vouch for your authority and your credibility and find ways to interject or co-create content with other people to make it more meaningful. Because when you do that, it's edifying the other person, like regardless of what side of the microphone, like if we're just talking about in the, in the podcast context, yeah. I mean, Sarah, when you release this episode, what am I going to do? I'm going to publish it. I'm going to tell all my peeps, Hey, Sarah invited me onto her show. It's kind of edifying me because you've invited me onto your show and you don't think yeah. I'm a total toad. And two, <laughs> I, I love you. And so I want people to know that you have this kick butt podcast and it's a light, it's a game changing podcast. I want people to know that this is a resource that they can tap into. So it strengthens the relationship when you start thinking about, well, what can I do just beyond referrals? Yeah. And I really think that we can accomplish so much more when we collaborate There are many, many people who will listen to this podcast and they will not get what I'm throwing down, but they may vibe with you. And Mm -hmm. my real goal is impact. I want to help more people achieve their goals. So if it's not me, I would love it to be one of my connections or somebody in my network that can help that person move forward on what they're looking to achieve. Yeah. And you know, you, you can't be all things to all people. So if we have more resources in our back pocket and we have somebody approach us about something that we can't tackle for somebody, we can pull a connection out of our back pocket and say, Hey, you know what? I don't specialize in that, but I know Sally Sue. And I absolutely think that she is, you know, a rock star at this. And so let me connect you with Sally Sue, right? And so yeah. it's that kind of quality too, that again, going back to your connection point, you're being more thoughtful and intentional about who you're connecting and why you're connecting them. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through this phase in my life and I know many people go through this phase where I was saying yes to a lot of things and maybe some things that I should have said no to. And it was that feeling of saying no, that I didn't like, I didn't want to tell somebody, <laughs> no, I, especially when they come at me with, I need your help. And you're like, Ooh, <laughs> no, can't help you with that. Uh, it just feels icky. So I right. stops, I stopped saying no. And I started saying, because I collected names and a network, I started saying, do you know who would be really good at that? And it just felt so much better. And then I made a meaningful connection and I found real power in that. And then people would start doing that for me. You know, when I started asking them for help, they'd say, you know, who'd be good at that? And they connect me to somebody else. Yeah. And to that point, Sarah, like 
I will oftentimes run into people and they'll be like, I don't get any referrals or I don't get anybody asking me. And it's like, what are you doing for other people? Are you hooking Mm -hmm. that? Like not those specific people you're seeking that from, but are you actually in the act of having conversations, maybe hooking people up with connections? And it's not even like a sale referral. It's literally that connection piece, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? This person over here needs something over here from what this person has. So let me connect the two. So think about your own um, energy towards it. Think about the things that you're already doing to contribute to getting more of those leads or those referrals or those connections or collaborations. If you're not doing it, how the heck do you expect anybody else to do that for you? Energetically, I mean, not to get all woo about this, but like energetically, it's just not aligned if you're if you're not willing to do the work for other people. So make sure you're doing that first before you expect it from others. You know, and this really ties to your question, how can I serve you or how can I help you? Or is there anything I can help you with? Because somebody may say something like, yeah, I'm really looking to bring my product to market and I don't do that. But the next thing I know, I run into somebody who's like, Mm -hmm. I help people bring their products to market. It's like, whoa. And I I really feel like the universe does put in front of you, you know, the things that you're putting out. So if you're like, well, sorry, I don't know how to bring a product to market, but if I find somebody, I will, somebody will come into the, into your network. They will. And then all you have to do is listen. I mean, if you're going to take the time to ask that question, how can I support you? Mm -hmm. Listen and take, maybe you have to physically write that down, but if you can take a mental note of that, you'll be amazed at what does to your point, Sarah, come into your ecosystem of a resource that you will be able to present to that person that needs that support. Yeah. And it's kind of like that red car. You, you decide you want to buy the red car and then all of a sudden you're like, everybody has a red car. Yep. The reticular activator. What is that? The reticular activator. It's, it's like not syndrome, but it's something along those lines. R-E-S, I think is what they call it, but yeah. So then it like triggers your, your mind to then remember, Oh, I knew somebody who needed this. And so instead of sitting there thinking, well, I, I can't work with this person. Why am I connected with this person on to the next at the networking event? It's giving yourself, giving your mind a purpose to then go find somebody to support them in that way. Yeah. And absolutely. And here's the other benefit of doing what you're talking about in terms of connecting to the other person that you're connected, like to the two people that you're connecting, you have created another touch point with you and your brand. So it, one of the things that I get called out a lot for in a good way is that people may never, they might know what I do, but when they finally come to that point where they will need to seek me out, they'll be like, you know, I know a lot of other brand strategists, but the reason why I picked you is because you've always been so helpful. You've always Mm -hmm. asked me what I need help with. And that goes a long way. And then, and then the other part of it is actually following through. Like you've always helped me. So, and it's subtle. Like I, like in my mind, I'm like, I didn't, did I really help you a lot? Like, but in their mind, it was a huge support and huge gift to, to getting them to that next finish line. Yeah. And I think sometimes you never know your impact. Like you never know what somebody is struggling with and they may have been struggling for months trying to find somebody to help them with this certain thing. And then you come in like an angel, like here, here's the person. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then they're like, okay, you are my new best friend or you are at least the next person I'm going to call. And again, those are all memorable touches and it's just edifies your clout in their mind. If you can do those subtle things. Yeah. 
So we know that there's power in collaborations and building your network. So how do you continue to engage your network after you've met somebody and you've, you know, it's been months or maybe even years, how do you continue to cultivate that person or that relationship? So I am very much like you, Sarah, in the sense that I like to plan. I like to have things, tools that keep me organized and keep it top of mind for me. So my husband and I, who he, in his own right, he, we don't run our, my business together, but he has an insurance practice where he has to work with a lot of referral partners and it's across the nation. And so one of the things that we came up with about four years ago was this tool that we have coined the Epic Tracker. And so basically mm-hmm. Epic is an acronym that stands for email, phone, in-person, or currency. And currency doesn't necessarily mean like money currency. It means like connections, or it could mean referrals, but it's a literally a simple spreadsheet that has these people that we want to include in our circle of influence um, that we have a mutual affinity for. So this, this is not like a tip for tap, but it's, you know, yeah. literally people that we know that are we can help them. They can help us. And so we literally have them on a tracker and we say, okay, have we had some sort of email communication with this person? Check. Mm -hmm. Yes. Have we had a phone call with them on the last 30 to 60 days? Check. Yes. Have we had an in-person now again, in the climate that we're in today, it's probably not as conducive to have in-persons, but can that count as a zoom call or more in-depth experience? Mm -hmm. Sure. Absolutely. And that connection piece. So making sure that we're checking those boxes, not necessarily like in a rigid way, but just in a systematic way so we can stay top of mind and that we're not letting people fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to share that tool with your audience today. It's one, I mean, it's a free tool that we've created to keep our our, our, our connection straight. And I feel like it can help a lot of people because if you have those connections in front of you, you're more likely to follow up and do the things that you need to do to stay engaged with them. And again, not from a sales standpoint, but just from a, Hey, how's it going? What can we support you with today? And how can we work together? How can we continue this, this conversation to be of service to each other? Yeah. And I think that's so powerful because often you meet people at the wrong time. You meet them before you're ready to help them or mm-hmm. collaborate with them. But this way of tracking it really helps to keep those relationships alive and also remind you about the people that you maybe did a collaboration with years ago. And you're like, oh, we need to do something similar or different again, because that was so fun and successful. But I think it's a great way of systemizing connections and potential collaborations. Yeah. And it's intended not to have everybody and Jesus on your, you know, in your network on there. I mean, it's, it's really those strategic people that you, again, have mutual affinity for that you, you vibe on um, each other's energy. You have good rapport with them, but um, I find that it's also an easy way to eliminate maybe some people that (laughs) no Mm -hmm. longer, that I can no longer serve. Right. I mean, let's not, I'm I'm not even going to talk about it in the sense that they can't serve me anymore, but maybe there's maybe the focus that I'm on right now isn't necessarily going to best serve them. So um, I can remove them from the list, not in a way that is, you know, voted off the Island, but you know, we're not making a public knowledge, but it just keeps me organized and who I need to stay in front of and how can I mutually benefit? How can we mutually benefit one another? That's awesome. And then also who can you tap when you're stuck? I think so many times on goals, we get stuck in places And we forget that there may be somebody out there in our circle or one step away that could help us get unstuck. 
So again, it goes back to what I said earlier, stop thinking about how can I start thinking about who can help me? And Mm -hmm. if you say there's a specific goal I want to accomplish, if you start telling the five people in your inner circle, like the, the closest five people in your inner circle, and then if they don't know, reach out to the next five in your inner circle, reach out to the next five in your inner circle, let people know about that goal, because it will be before, you know, you'll be able to find that person out. Now, going back to my Ironman journey, I'm going to circle back to that for a quick minute. How I found them was I literally Googled the answer. Cause I didn't yeah. know nobody in my circle knew anybody that was doing triathlon training. And so I literally Googled it and it came up and I'm like, all right, sweet. I'm going to go crash their training. I don't have too much information on it other than like a Facebook page. And that's how I got locked into them. So sometimes you have to, if you can't find somebody in your existing network and that wants to do what you're doing, that's the important part that I want to include. They got to be doing what you want to do. It yeah. can't be seeking no, nothing against anybody's mamas on this podcast, but if your mama ain't wanting to do what you want to do, she's not the person you need to seek out for like counsel mm-hmm. on this. You need to seek people that are doing the things you want to do. So either Google it or ask, be willing to, and be humble to ask people who do they know? Yeah. And I think so often, and we love our friends and we love our family, but you know, when I started my business, that was the first question that people asked me, when are you going to get a job? <laughs> yeah. I had people, I had, I had like people that were my closest friends and said the same thing. Like they were like, when I made the announcement that I was quitting my job and it was in a very public capacity, um, like this is back seven years ago, I literally had about 20 people reach out to me and like, Hey, uh, so can we bring you onto my team? I'm like, hell no, I'm going to start my business. What part of that memo didn't you understand? So yeah. it can be those people that are being well-intentioned, you know, they're being well-intentioned, but they're coming at it from a place of like, where, where did that come from? That's not what I want to do at all. And then I had other people that were like, so on the Ironman side of things, I had people telling me like, you know, you're going to die out there. Like, that's just too much to do on one day. Like, how could anybody do that? And I'm like, well, other people have done it before. And yes, I suppose people have died trying, but you know what? Most people haven't. And so I'm going to hedge my butt on the fact that most, that I'm going to fall into the population of people that have been able to survive that. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy what other people think, but surround yourself with people that will believe in you, that will tell you, you can, and that will show you the ropes in the process. So powerful. So it's not about what you're setting out to do. It's about who you collaborate with to bring along on the journey. I love it. So Erica, if somebody wanted to work with you, how could they get in touch with you? What types of things can they reach out to you for support? Well, the easiest place to connect with me would probably be either to get that free tracker that I mentioned, the Epic uh, Tracker. So you can head on over to ericacastner.com forward slash tracker, simply the word tracker, and that's how you get that document. And then if you wanted to check out the Voices of Impact podcast, head on over to ericacastner.com forward slash podcast, and you can check out all the episodes. And Sarah, I cannot remember your episode, the number of your episode, I mean. So we'll have to make sure that we have that for the show notes to link it for your audience, but we'll, we'll make sure you get that. <laughs> oh yes, that would be great. I think I have it. I'll I'll try and find it. Um, so it's ericacastner.com forward slash tracker for the epic tracker. And then of course, check out Erica's podcast, which is ericacastner.com uh, slash podcast. Erica, yep. it's been so great not only to have you on my podcast, to be on your podcast, but to become friends over the past couple of years as we navigate the 
journey to not only setting, but crushing our goals, because it truly is in the power of collaboration. So I thank you so much for your um, friendship and your support over the years. Well, I am appreciative of all the things that you're doing to make this world a better place. Sarah, you rock my friend. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.